the gentleman that I have the pleasure of introducing uh, to the Anything Goes podcast has been a friend of of mine for seven years. I know of yours a bit longer. Yeah, I've known Joel since I was 15 easily and I've watched this guy. I say it in the conversation that, that entails after this introduction, but the rise of Joel Brown has been magnificent to watch and just awe-inspiring, to be honest. We're both kids who grew up in Williton, Morgs as well. Actually. All of us. That's why this is why I like this guy. I know he's got them streets in him. He's got them streets. Um, but the thing about the, in the world of cult coaches, there's a lot of phonies and a lot of bullshitters out there, and that's why I didn't hesitate to have Joel on because I know he's done the work, um, and he's someone who gets uh, my and Anna's endorsement. Hundred percent. He gets results, and this is something. So over the next ninety minutes, and we obviously have always wanted to keep the podcast to an hour max. But Joel is someone that you don't stop talking to when he's talking. He is a man of insight, of wisdom, of depth, of understanding. And over the next ninety minutes, you are literally going to have high-level coaching from Joel, from talking about how to rewire your mindset to overcoming limiting beliefs to how to step out of the fear of criticism to so much more. But tell us a little bit about him. Okay, so Joel, for those of you who don't know, he's the uh, the founder of the Addicted to Success website, which has been the number one personal development uh, website over the last 10 years. has achieved over a million uh, downloads worldwide. No, 4 million downloads. Sorry. Like 4 million Four downloads. Million. Um, he's got over 2.7 million uh, people essentially that follow him across all of his social media channels. And what I love is that Joel actually has been offered multiple million dollar offers for his website, but he has never sold it. He's so committed to his vision. And that's another thing he talks about so much in this podcast, his 10 year vision, have a vision, 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 um, that it really inspired us both. So some of the people that Joel counts amongst his friends and people that he's worked with are people like Tony Robbins, the Dalai Lama, Deepak Chopra, Gary Vanderchuk, Grant Cardone, Jay Shetty, Marie Folio, Jack Canfield, so on. The list of names it's just goes exhaustive. on. Um, so again, look, we're just going to dive right in. Um, we hope you enjoyed this po- listening to this podcast as much as we did uh, sitting down and, and having a chat with Joel. Uh, it was a fun podcast for me. I know it was for yeah. Anna. <laughs> Lots um, of laughs, so always. here's uh, Joel Brown. You're listening to the Anything Goes podcast. My name is Morgan Richards. And my name is Anna Richards. We are the husband and wife duo in business together who plan on bringing you conversations and inspirations each and every episode. Our mission is not just to motivate and inspire you, it's to push boundaries and challenge the status quo. We aim to bring you humor, depth, differing of opinions and more. But one thing we can promise you is this is the podcast where anything goes. Here we go. Welcome, Joel. Sweet. We're right into it. I'm excited to be here. You will have heard the phenomenal introduction we will have just given him off the mics. So <laughs> you don't know this yet, but we go back. The magic of podcasting. But Joel, what you don't know is we actually ask all of our guests five questions to break the ice, chill out a little bit, have some fun. They're rapid fire, so you've just got to answer a couple of words. We'll be fair. They can just be single words. They're tough. not tough questions. It's going to be tough. <laughs> they're, they're not tough <laughs> questions. Me giving you a couple of words is going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so name one guest you would have at your dinner party. Jesus. Baby, Jesus, okay. I mm-hmm. like that. It would be an interesting conversation. What's Absolutely. the question you'd ask him? What's the first question? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, 
I'd ask him about his experience of hanging on the cross. That, yeah. That, 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 the word crucifixion comes from the word excruciating. So it's pretty, I know it sounds morbid, but I'd be no, like, how, the, how did you go how through that experience? How do you phrase it? And, <laughs> and not cuss and not and not cuss out at everyone around you while you're going through that experience. Yeah. yeah okay, cool. How did you cool. find the grace? Yeah. Much respect for that cool. one. <laughs> I love that. Uh, now I know yeah. you're a vegetarian. Vegan? Vegetarian. I'm a tryhard vegetarian, man. Okay. I, I've what, had a little bit favorite? of fish lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. S- sneaking in some fish fingers. And <laughs> What's your favorite cuisine? Favorite cuisine? Uh, yeah, Ita- Italian, man. Yeah. Italian for sure. I'm Mexican. Yeah, I'm Mexican. I'm Mexican. Looks like uh, throw up food, bro. It tastes so good, but it looks like someone threw (laughs) up on the plate. (laughs) Pause there. Tex Mex does. Tex Mex. Proper Mexican, beautiful, like clean tacos. Yeah, just cheese. (laughs) All right. So, this is, I'm excited to ask you this because you have so much advice, but you will have been given so much advice. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm. My my grandma told my mom something that then my mom shared with me after my grandma died. And her mom had told her this, and I carried it on myself too. She said, um, dreams don't cost you anything, but they'll cost you everything if you don't try. Yeah, right. Mm. That's that great and, like old school advice. Old school, yeah. yeah before like, before like Instagram was yeah, blowing up yeah, quotes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I love grandmas. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I say this all the time though. If grandmas had Instagram today, like mm. how much they would roll in their graves, I yeah. feel. Oh yeah. But they'd also give the most woke advice to them. <laughs> <laughs> Actually we should actually if true? you're out there and your grandmother is like super woke with advice, yeah. start her, her own damn Instagram. Okay. I'd follow. Okay, yeah. you go. Alright, best uh, piece of, that was best so um, when you were a young young lad. Back in Wilton, which we'll talk about. Um, what did you Six want to be when you, when you grew up? What's that? What did you want to be when you grew up? What I want to be? Oh, I wanted to be a zoologist. Yeah, cool. I liked animals. I thought that was the best way to hang out with animals and like cool animals. You know, yeah. like you get to hang yeah. in the cages with the with Joel, the lions. Joel exotic. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joel exotic. Hey, yeah. It sounds like a stripper oh name, God. but <laughs> that was my other career that I was. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, and then that. <laughs> okay. And what is your superpower? Super oh, my superpower is networking. Yeah, yeah, but like finding like win-win leverage points and creating undeniable offers with people and bringing people together. Like I just, it's like a, it's like the back of my hand. I thought it was normal, but I've been credited on it a lot by people. Yeah, it's funny you say because I was, you know, I was told that once that the definition of a good deed is when both parties win. Hmm. Oh yeah, dude, that's that's deep. Yeah, that's well, some, know, Yoda, that's that's some Yoda shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> he he's, like, he's like the Mexican looking Yoda. <laughs> Super smooth. But I would say that about you because, and I, like, I want to start here. I was saying to Morgs, it's funny and it's so not poetic, but funny to me that here we sit, all, all of us, so mm. married and friends and all successful in our own right. And we've gone on to travel the world. You live in Bali. You're here accidentally. Um, COVID hashtag. But we all grew up in the same suburb. So we're all Williton yep. people. Yep. We yeah. all went to the same, same high, school. High school. For those that don't know, you were Williton. Yeah, you were yeah. Williton. Yeah. yeah, I'm four years older though, so I was kind of already out when, when you guys... No, four years older than me. Joel's two years older than me, I think. Oh, are you okay? I'm 33. You're 33. I'm 36. Wait. One year. 
Yeah, I'm 33. Yeah, so you're one year old. Yeah. But I remember saying to Morgs when I was saying I'm so excited to interview you is that you have, I've watched your climb. I have watched your climb literally since I was year 10, year nine. Like even then I remember we both did work or I did work experience at Groove FM for all of our Perth listeners who remember <laughs> that radio station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, I don't. You, did you work experience there, or? I I used to produce a radio. Show. I started out. It started as work experience, and then it turned into. I uh, remember I used to break dance. I was break dancing yes. for student edge, and then uh, then they like they were their DJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, they ended up asking me to come on the show, and then I ended up doing getting some work experience, producing a show, then running my own show, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But that's that was a. Dude, this is nostalgic. Like that was a good time. That was yeah, really cool. Yeah, that was yeah. and this and then I remember. So I remember talking to you years ago. I it's still again years ago because you had your own podcast and you still have addicted yeah. to success podcast, which is phenomenal. Go download it. I remember you said <laughs> I like hang out the washing and listen to it. Was um, it wasn't always a, a podcast though in the beginning, was it? Well, we started as a website, which is yeah. still around today. It's, it's been around today. for almost eleven years. Oh, eleven years. Yeah. Wow. 11 years. Can you believe that? It's insane. I think we've known each other for maybe six. Yeah. yeah. Six or seven years, yeah, I think. Yeah, probably. I think my first time we hung out was in LA. And I, and oh, oh yeah. Like proper hung out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you got really Be blind drunk. Probably drunk. Remember me? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. So did you. <laughs> I, to, I remember this. I will, yes, I remember yeah. this. No, but I had to take you home. Yeah. Oh, my God. Memories. And yes, I, this is so good. It's good because, I mean... Uh, before I called you today, which is actually an interesting question, you're not drinking. Neither are we. We're doing Dry July, but you. I, here's my, you like I'm not fully against drinking, as you guys know, because yeah, you've yeah, witnessed yeah. me drinking before. Yeah. Um, probably quite a few times in the past. I feel really good and really mm, centered, just yeah. not doing it right yeah. now. That I feel like I've been out of it long enough to realize like how good it feels to not be in the yeah. loop of it. And also just being in a place where I choose it rather than feeling like it's a, a necessity to a fun weekend. Yeah. You so know? Good. So, so good. And, and, and like I really pay attention to the frequency that we're operating at and I know it brings me into a lower yeah. frequency because I know the feelings I feel around the times where I do drink and yeah. it's not where I desire to be. Yeah. So, Phenomenal. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not like itching at the pub door. Like yeah. when, where, where, you know, when Corona, when corona you know, to some degree subsided, whatever you want to call it, they, they started to lax out here and, and I was yeah. about it. I wasn't rushing to go out to anything. I was still, I was so much in my kind of fresher and stronger routine of working out and eating healthy and everything. I almost felt like I don't want to undo that. How's that going to go when you get back to Bali? Were you not, you know... I was killing it in Bali, man. Yeah. I was killing it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah. See, yeah, we go you... to Bali and wear rap bags. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, you got to remember though, you got to remember, yeah, because you guys kind of come in and out. Like you go yeah. for a bit and yeah. you like, I lived there. So yeah. the first year out of the last three, I was like an absolute party boy for yeah. sure. Like yeah. I got it out of my system to the yeah. point where I had no fear of missing out anymore. Yeah. So it was easy for me to just, you know, stay in my workflow. Yeah. But I, I believe in hustle and flow. Yeah. You know, the flow is like more of like the feminine, like having yourself all the time, the party, the celebration, blah, blah, yeah. blah. The masculine is like, I got to get back in and, and, and hustle, you know, yeah. and do my work and get my life in order and have some form of responsibility and not just live in reward all the time. So, yeah. Um, Bali is an interesting place. You know, yeah. you've got to be really grounded. You got to you got to be clear in your direction. You got to have a good vision for the future. 
that you're excited about and committed to. Otherwise, you get sucked into the rhythm of mm. Bali. Bali has its own rhythm, as you guys know. Yeah. Isn't it interesting when you see some people that go out there that don't have their shit together? They get thrown through a freaking washing machine. Yeah. And some. Like, yeah. where they're just like, life pulled apart. We see it. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. See someone planning and living in Bali, like, and T minus three months. <laughs> 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 you seriously need, you need to know how to adapt and you yeah. need to have your life in order because yeah. people go there without their life in order going, it's going to heal me and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it can have, you can have some healing experiences, but like all sorts of stuff starts happening if you haven't got order in your life. Like you lose your wallet, it, you, your car gets swollen machines, you just crash your scooter, someone steals something, you get sick, all these different things start happening. Yeah. And, you know, Ben and Emil, who, who also yeah, yeah, yeah. are living out in Bali too, we watch this happen over and over again. Like we see people get pumped so to come cool. out. We're like, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. And you guys all do live there. I just had said off the podcast, I said, are you going to, are you loving it in Gold Coast? Are you going to go home? And you're like, no, I'm going to go home. But I want to go back to this, this rise of Joel Brown, right? And this is what I had started with. Like, I have watched your rise, which I think is phenomenal. But, and I know all of our amazing listeners, if you're listening like straight away, or you circle back to this podcast in months and years to come, they're kind of still at their the beginning of their rise. Lots of them are still wanting to do better, be better, have more, you know, make an impact. And I know for you, you Williton boy, you know, started out and you were FIFO. Did you do FIFO? Were you? What's tell us? Like, I want I, to take people back and like yeah. take them through this journey of Joel Brown. This, this is like, how long do you usually do your podcast? I don't know. <laughs> as long as you are. This, this is Joe Rogan. Usually <laughs> okay, so all right. I've had a very colorful past. Uh, and I mean that in a sense that my mindset is very much a growth mindset, which is probably mm. one of the reasons why I'm excess- successful in a lot of the industries I've stepped into. I'm very open to, if I have curiosity, I'll step into it. And I, and I did that from a young age. You know, uh, you knew me as Joel and Willerton that went on to have my own radio show, you know, DJ, produce music, uh, ended up managing songwriters and producers went into the music industry, signed a subsidiary under Atlantic Records, working with people like Usher and um, Pharrell and Pitbull and all these like huge artists, then like not feeling fulfilled in the music industry and leaving it, everybody questioning me. Uh, then coming back to Perth, centering myself, working in a sales company in corporate, selling telecommunication solutions for, for corporate and, and, and businesses, meeting businesses in Perth. And then meeting Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street, you know, and, and like diving deep into my self-development before that, but also being challenged by him to cast a 10-year vision for my future. And then me identifying my values and creating what is today addicted to success, mm, yeah. which is one of the number one motivation, self-development, uh, educational platforms and movements online. We've reached over 322 million website views. Wow. Uh, podcast is at almost 4 million downloads. Wow. Um, but you know, I don't say that to brag. It's, it's like, there's, there's an answer in it that essentially people are looking for hope. There's, they want a formula for hope and, and faith because they're lacking in their life. So many people are in lack, they're in scarcity, they're pushing their dreams to the side and, and getting stuck in society's way of thinking. And I think this one here really just challenges that and says, Hey, there's another way you can do this. Give this a shot. Yeah. And it's like, you you say like not to brag it's not bragging right because the proof's in the pudding mm. your content's good 
people like it, they consume it, they tell other people. And I've been doing it for 11 years, man. Like (laughs) if you've got me staying in something for 11 years, it's working. (laughs) Because if it's not and I'm I'm doing my thing, I'm out. Like I'm like, cool, it's not working. Let's go next, next, next. I have this like, always had this kind of like, sense of urgency and haste to, yeah. to my dreams. And I think a lot of people sit on their hands for too long. I was just about to say, but we talk about this all the time because we've got, you know, like one, our, one of our best friends, PK, I'm like, I've always said one of her greatest gifts being next to her, watching her launch books, launch her business, create yeah. a movement in Perth. I used to say being so close to her, I'd watch her think of something and then it was like two seconds later exactly. implemented. Yeah. And you were actually kind of the one to pick up on that and you were like, well, babe, if you really want to go to the next level, it's like action it, get into action, do it. So that's what you're saying is like... Yeah. I'll tell you this, success loves speed, money loves momentum, income loves inspiration. Like that's that's how the energy Ooh. of the two work. Like that, that's how it works, seriously. I love it. I, I shot a video the other day, it's on my Instagram. I talk about um, turning the lamp on in your room or turning the lamps on in your room. And essentially what it is is that when I was seven years old for like three years there, seven to 10, uh, after school every day, I used to get picked up by my mom. She'd take me to her workplace and I'd wait a few hours and my dad would come and pick me and my brother up. And she works in a aged care facility in a nursing home. And I used to walk around in the wards and go into the rooms and talk to like these like 80, 90, 100 year old people and hear their stories about the war and like leaving countries and immigrating and, you know, things that happened in their time. And I didn't know how valuable it was at the time. Mm. I just, that was what I did. And I just remember this, it's kind of the essence of the energy of the conversations was very much about like, if you want to do something, do it. And it it was very much about, Mm. I wish I did this or I wish I did that. Or if I was in your generation, I would be doing this. I'd I'd hear it so much from a lot of these old people that were on their deathbed. It was never about like, oh, I made this mistake. I wish I didn't do that. It was more like I wish I went and took the action. And so this whole concept that I came up with of turning the lamps on in your room is if you walk into a room and and it's dark, you want to be able to at least see something, right? And Mm -hmm. so the clarity in your mission for success is very much about like starting somewhere with something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, just something that gives you at least like some some get-go, some steps, some something in in there so that you can start building upon that. And I challenge my students all the time. They don't have the vision mapped out or they don't have the business plan. I go, so if I came along and I put down in front of you a whole blueprint template with 20 to 30% of a vision filled out, would that be easier for you to do your vision? And they're like, oh yeah, it would because they would just build upon it. I'm like, all right, so it's not even about doing the vision. It's the fact that you're overthinking it, you're trying to perfect it, you yeah. think it needs to be a certain way, you haven't even started. I said, start and just turn a lamp on, that's it. Yeah. And then walk away from it for a day or two and then come back to it and then see how you feel about it. Every time I do that, you'd be like, it would blow your mind how many people actually start getting into action. It's because they're overthinking the start. Once yeah. you start getting momentum, you're good. You're sweet. So I'm just like, always, you know, turn just the lamp turn on, on in your room and then you get to, you know, it gets lighter and lighter and then everything becomes clear. I'm doing it with my book right now that I'm writing and it's at the start, it feels really tough. You know, yes. it's like, what's the structure? How do we lay this out? Like, is this or that? And then as I'm putting it together, more and more is becoming clear to me what needs to be in play. And, and, you know, away we go. So yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm like, I didn't know you were writing a book. I'm like, hurry. I've been oh, writing a book for a while, which is interesting because I, I was ne- wondering why you hadn't. Didn't have I think you asked me. I was like, like why hasn't Joel written a book? Yeah, written a book? book? I'm, like, I, I'm gonna tell you this. 
I was going to four years back and then I had to ask myself why and I got mm. deeper into it and it's because everybody else was putting books out and I'm like, screw that, I don't want to be that guy, yeah. right? Um, and then it got to a point where it became really meaningful to me because I started noticing so many of my students wow. that were like, oh, if I just had your a book on this or do you have a book on that? I was like, man, I really need to, like I get to put this book together now. And I wrote half of it and I was on a train uh, mm. going from... Paris to Nice mm. and I put it on my laptop and I didn't have the internet so I'm typing it all up and I'm in massive flow and putting it all together and then my freaking new Mac laptop only like three months old just crashed and died oh, took really? it to Apple they're like ah it's Sounds dead bright. I'm like but like what can you do it they're like it's uh, it's like a two percent chances will ever happen and they're like it just died so wow. I lost half my book like- and then I got so frustrated with that like Screw it. It's a sign, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I just can't be, you know, and, and it's good because I sat down recently and I started writing it out again and I've okay. actually written it from an even better angle. Yeah. So I'm happy that it didn't play itself out. I piss people off with this whole, like, it, you know, whatever happens is meant to be, but I just so believe it. And I'm like, I've done it so many times. It happened the other night. I actually was writing this big, long status on, and it crashed and it was yeah. like, you know, I'm like, this is my best work on Facebook but it, and it yeah. crashed and I went boom I am not meant to post that whatever that it was like I, it's just not meant to be so I'm it's the so same excited like, it's the same playing guitar right you can be trying to learn something on guitar and it just won't happen like no matter how hard you try or how long you practice for but you put it down you come back the next day and you just nail it it just flows out of you and yeah. it's the same thing with writing yeah. as well like you can try and you yeah. can't force creativity and inspiration you can't be like okay it's uh it's 230 I'm going to be inspired and creative until 5:30. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is this is the thing. I was it's so crazy you said force because I was about to drop in and say there's a difference between power and force. Yeah. Mm. There's a book by uh, David Hawkins. Have you ever read it? It's called Power versus Force. No. Oh but God. I am now. Pick it up. Oh power my God, versus my God. force. This guy's a genius. He's dead now, but um, <clears throat> incredible genius. He created the map of consciousness. If you've ever seen that where it has like the different frequencies and right at the bottom is like shame and guilt. And then you have like fear and pride. And then it moves up the ladder. It goes to like acceptance, understanding, joy, love, enlightenment, Be- bliss. Ah. Right? It's a map, right? And so I, I do actually refer a lot of my confidence coaching around this because a lot of people, are, are, especially in relationships, what they're trying to do is, and you guys can probably relate before you met each other or even just seeing other couples. Often what they do is they say, you know, I want a partner that is accepting. I want a partner that's understanding. I want a partner that's forgiving. I want a partner that's all about love and joy. But they're in shame and guilt and fear and anger and pride and all these other things. But they want that. It's like, how can you possibly believe that you're able to hold space and openly receive it and even feel within yourself, even if you had an experience of that, that you're worthy of that if you're not that yourself. That book behind you, you're... Shoulder there. 12 rules for life. Oh, Jordan Peterson, man. Yeah. That's my, that's my guy. That's what, that's, 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 that's what a city house and what it's all about. You can't go out and, you know, impact other people's lives or, or even solve small problems if you can't get your own shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you can't get your, your values straight or your things that matter to you in order, it's like you've really got no right to go out and... Coach. And Help. coach or, or be in a relationship and demand things from other people when you're, you're, you're a mess yourself. But I say this about even so building a business. So our business relies on on people and on self. And so for us, it's all about, I always say, people say the same thing. They're like, I want to attract people that are um, driven, motivated, you know, all these things. And I'm like, but you're not. You're not driven. You're not motivated. You're not connected. You're not all these things that you want. You're not authentic. 
So yeah. you can, you will, I don't think for me, I know speaking personally, I, I only attract who I am and I only attract Absolutely. what I am. And even in the relationship, the marriage, it's, it's the same thing. Exactly. It's holding the space. But I love the, the idea behind, is this the book? So power force where you spiral up or you spiral down. Is that the, the emotions? So you know how like joy... That's uh, that's more... Uh, Ken Wilbur talks a bit okay. more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Teach you me talk, That's not more expired damage. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I actually just stepped out of a 10-day workshop called Psych-K, Psychology, Kinesiology. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so a lot of this is working with the unconscious. Actually, all of it's working with the unconscious. And it's done through muscle testing. Oh. Uh, and so what's really interesting is if you listen to Jody Spencer's work, really? I'm sure you guys are familiar yeah. with him. Your body is the unconscious, your unconscious is the body. Yeah. And so we have within us the autonomic nervous system. So if I'm saying something like as simple as this, and I teach people this in the vision process, as I teach my 10-year vision process, mm. is <clears throat> if you're saying I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, and you're writing these affirmations out, but you know for sure you've got 10 cents in your bank account, your autonomic nervous system goes, eh, bullshit, it doesn't yeah. line up. And it actually weakens your body. It, it sends a block in your electrical and emotional energetic charge in your body and it weakens your system. So in fact, when you're saying these affirmations over and over like that and you know and you're also holding a conflicting thought in your mind, you're disempowering yourself. It actually goes against you. Yeah. And that's why I'm not a, the biggest fan of affirmations. Yeah. What I teach in the 10-year vision process and I actually had Jody Spencer um, when I had him on my, my podcast, we were talking about this. And at the end, after it, I was like, hey, I've got this 10-year vision process. This is my formula and what I teach. I want you to poke holes in this. Tell me if this is like something that's good. Is it like bulletproof? Yeah. And he's like, I think, he goes, I'm a fan of what you you put together. I think you structured it well. It's a great formula. He said, here's one thing that I would probably shift. And he, he didn't give me the answer. He just challenged me on it to like come up with something additional, yeah. which was really great. I love that. He, he said, Joel, the thing is with affirmations, your autonomic nervous system is going to trip and it disempowers. He said, so we've got to find a way to, to almost like do a, like a flipped flip. So it goes on the other side of the coin and, and challenges it so that your brain thinks of it in a different way. And I said to him, I go, okay, cool. So, you know, when people say, yeah, I'm going to launch the business, but, or I was going to do that thing the other day, but mm -hmm. everything before, but is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've totally just like, deleted that thing you said before and it holds no more weight and what pr proceeds after it is what you actually meant believe, right yeah, yeah. yeah and believe so i said to him well what if we did it the other way and flipped it instead of justifying why you haven't done it what if you justify oh. why it could be yeah. in creation and getting the mind into into power not force but creation and he's like yeah that could work really well so i, I said to him okay what if we did a positive justification to that statement he's like that could work so, so it was like something, for example, of like, let's say, cause I'm a speaker and a coach. So if I, if I wrote down in my 10 year vision, I'm a powerful transformational speaker and coach, yeah. right? That in itself, if I'm not there yet, it's conflicting. My yeah. autonomic nervous system like, eh. But if I say I'm a powerful speaker and coach, transformational coach, because mm. I, uh, I get mentorship once a week, mm. um, every week. I learn new skills on how to become a better speaker. I care about getting my students and clients results and I'm committed to the coaching and speaking game for the rest of my life. Now I've got a positive justification that backs up that statement and my the autonomic nervous system is about to go eh, like that and he goes, oh, huh, 
okay, that's the the plan, right? So now it's like we can get on board with that and get supportive. So now you're communicating with the conscious and unconscious to go, we've got a game plan here. It's not... It's not a statement as if you're trying to trick yourself to be it. Yeah. It's now we've got a, a justification sure. as to what, what why this I believe that to be oh, true. Hang on. I just want to I want to justify I want to ask because I'm like oh just to get that clear because the whole time I'm thinking oh my god this is phenomenal phenomenal and then so I thought you were saying um, I'm a I am a speaker and a coach because and then the plan and I thought because you already already did that but was that the goal it was like I'm. I will get, or I'm, because it's like, this is where I think people yep. will go, people, this is so valuable, Joel. Like, this yeah, is yeah, so yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So people are going to want to do this. So say they don't have a mentor yet, but they want to be a coach. Yeah. So it's like, I am a great coach because I will go, I, I get mentor sessions. So they're going to go get the mentor sessions. Yeah. Is well, that the plan? Well, or is it's, it the- and you're getting really close to what it is. And it's great that we can clearly define this. It's speaking in the present tense as if you already got it there. Okay. Because you got to remember the unconscious mind, the subconscious, it doesn't respond to questions. You can't ask questions. Like it's just, it has no understanding of that at all. It's not built like that. It's a freaking computer and you command it. So you create statements Mm. to direct it with the program. The issue is that if your brain, so you got your left hemisphere and your right hemisphere, typically what happens is let's say I have an experience where I'm like, I, I want to be a, a speaker and a coach. Mm-hmm. And I go to speak and I have a, an experience where I scare the crap out of myself. I get up on stage and I have a terrible, like I'm stuttering and mumbling and whatever yeah. it is. And I can tell the people weren't receptive of it. I walk off stage. I'm like, well, I'm not a good speaker, yeah. right? That's the, I'm not good enough, right? Yeah. Um, coaching, I, I start looking at people like Tony Robbins and, you know, like, uh, Gabby Bernstein, all these people and say, well, they're really powerful. I'm putting myself into comparison. Now I'm taking myself off the stool of greatness there and bringing myself down and going, that person's way better than me. And I'm letting myself off the hook to be great. Now what's happened is I've got two supporting Mm. uh, subconscious beliefs that I'm not good enough in both those brackets. So if I'm saying that, right, like, oh, you know, I'm a powerful speaker and coach, and I'm and I'm wanting. Yeah. Wanting is coming from lack. I yes. want to, or I will do that. Is is stating like more like it's not there yet, and I've got to create it. It's I have. Yeah. I'm I, I must, right? Like these are like it's already there. It's yeah. present. The thing is, all these things are already available to us. Your subconscious mind doesn't know time. It's timeless. It yeah. actually doesn't have any concept of time in itself, right? And so. Well, if and what reality, it, almost like that, that's what they say. It doesn't know. It doesn't. The it can't separate. No. Imagination is the gap. Yeah, it brings right. it in, and you can create yes. whatever you want, which is amazing. But the the key now is it's like okay, well, if I sat down for, you know, forty minutes each day for thirty days straight, which is twenty hours of study, which is actually the average time to learn basic to intermediate skill sets, mm-hmm. and if I then backed it up with even more of a benefit to actually doing that and saying. Well, if I learned a new skill set and committed to it for 40 minutes a day for 30 days straight and that's 20 hours and got me to a, a level of intermediate and that meant that I could increase my salary to 40 mm-hmm. or 50K more per year or it could get me three new clients paying you know 30 grand a month or whatever it is, would that be beneficial? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so what we want to do is we want to make the statement but at the same time, positively justify it with an understanding of the massive benefit that will come yes. it's almost like you're pulled by the pleasure of it yeah. the only other thing is being pushed by the fear mm. so if i can understand that there is no 
threat to it if I'm pulled by that pleasure in itself and I go through the programming steps, which is the unconscious reprogram, which I talk about, that's where you can now go, okay, cool. It's more beneficial for me to move forward than to stay where I am because what I, where I have stayed is keeping me mm. and getting the same results that I'm not happy with. And, and look, that's what I look at is like, I'm not happy with these results. That's my pain. Yeah. I want yeah. more. I and get more. I look at morgues when you talk about that because we're like this dichotomy of that in the sense that I am so pulled by pleasure. I'm that guy. I'm like, I'm the, I'm, I always move towards pleasure. Whereas morgues moves, moves from pain. His motivation is he'll always move from pain. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, I, but I move towards pleasure, but I love that justification or the explanation more so of how that works because I think, no, I know so many people and I was the same. I remember even with affirmations, I love affirmations, but I always say, fuck, I get into action with it. I don't sit there chanting mantras like I am, I am. It's like, I believe it. I get into action with it. I work hard with it. It's not just, I think that's what they say. What you just explained to me, it sounds like, you know, we've seen the rise of the online coach. Instagram. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. I'm all for it, <laughs> man. I'm, all, I'm, sa- I'm safeguarding the industry, bro. I know what's, I know what's going on too. We're a victim of it too with what we do, right? It's like, it just seems like anybody yeah. can rock up and, hey, I'm a coach now, right? But yeah. it's the same with network marketing. It's like, yeah. there's no one, there's no one checking qualifications really on the way in, right? Yeah. yeah. But what, what, I was, what you just explained to me, it sounds like there's people that could actually, that are coaches that could actually benefit from going through um, some of your education because you, oh you, mentioned, God, yeah. you mentioned at the start how like I am a powerful speaker they seem to just start and finish there and like there's there's no work beyond that it's just that they rock up and straight there's number one life coach in the world or whatever yeah and now voted by their mum yeah voted by, but, and now yeah. they're out yeah, there yeah, yeah. you know like we had someone come to Anna the other day and oh, he's like bless. oh Anna I can sense there's like a whole whole nother level it was a coach and I checked him out Let's we'll, we'll go great. there. But, but there was a coach when he came to me, bless him. Like, but it was like obviously pitched this thing, and I was like, oh my god, this is the worst thing in the world. But then also, I looked at looked him up, yes. and I'm sure yeah. he's amazing. Yeah. But I was like, you know, this number great. one, da da da. I I just feel like you know, if you looked at who he was, if you looked at what he did, and nothing against anyone, but it's like people have to be discerning well, that's when they pick coaches, well. like. What? If people are listening to this and yes. um, they've just heard us talk about this and what you said as well, but how, how can, what should people look for when, in a good when they want a good coach and a good mentor from your position at least? <clears throat> Man, I mean, it, this is a process. <laughs> I might not be, I might not be the best coach for you. That's yeah. that's like I don't, I, and that's the abundant mindset behind it. Even yeah. in my perspective, is like I'm in a blessed place to pick and choose my clients. I don't yeah. work with them. It doesn't. I don't care if someone throws money on the table. I'm like, I don't want to work with you. Yeah. Like I'm just certain people. I just don't vibe with. I don't want to work with yeah. them. Yeah. Right? Um, do I believe I have a solution for most people when they come to me with their mindset? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm at the place where I feel really confident in that. The thing is. I know guys in the game that know how to make money like it's, it's like they blink and, and they make millions, you know, yeah. like it's like it's so easy for them. Yeah. They're spiritually bankrupt. Yeah. If you go and ask their wife, are you happy in the relationship you're in with them? They, they want to divorce. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they don't spend time with their kids. Their kids don't know daddy yeah. or mommy or whoever. Right. So like I look at that and go, well, that's not a great mentor for me because that's not the type mm. of life that I desire to create. Mm. You got to ask yourself first, what's the type of life I desire to create 
if everything and anything was possible, which it is, by the way, yeah. <laughs> and, and I could live as the ultimate version of me, what would I love to create? Just me, not anybody else. Just like, what would I love to create? Yeah. And not just what do I want? What do I really want? Like get really clear, like write it out, write it out, write it out. No, no bars, blocks, money, time, energy, you know, wasn't important. It was all there for me, all resources yeah. around me and accessible. What would it be? Now I then go and search for a mentor that has similar values to me, mm. yeah. that also understands my vision and sees my vision. The reason why my mentors love working with me is because I'm so freaking clear on my vision. Yeah. When I come to them, I go, I need support with this, 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 this. This is what I'm creating in the next five years, this, this, and this. And they're like, oh my God, Joe, I love working with you. Yeah. Because I've taken out all the bullshit work that they need to do. And now we can get down to business and get into action. They yeah. love it because like... It's rare to find someone in clarity nowadays. Yeah. People are so in comparison. People are so in confusion. Yeah. People are so in this like not believing in themselves and lacking that confidence that they're constantly looking for someone else to give them the answer. What do you think that is? I mean, who knows the answer, but what they've, do you they've think? lost connection with themselves. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Self-awareness is like huge, 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 huge. But how do we develop self-awareness? Yeah. Right? Self-awareness is actually sitting down and getting really clear. On what would life look like without the society mm. rules, protocols, programs? What would it look like if I didn't do this to try and get love from my mom and dad or from my partner or a possible date or whoever it is? What would I do if I could rewrite the rules and play the game in the way that I desire? I've, I've just met way too many examples of people that have done that that I can't deny Unfair. the fact that that's actually possible. 100%. You know, so and yeah. you are you are that you are the embodiment to me now. Like I mean, I know this, and I've like I said, I saw the I've seen, and I'll continue to see the rise of Joel. But I, it's that it's sitting with you now, hearing you. It's like the clarity and the certainty is so clear. And I know you talk about this a lot, and I'm like, this is why I want to do it now. But vision, ten year vision. I've heard you say it. I know you coach on it. What is that for you because you said it before you said uh, i think it was like an aha moment for you or like the breakthrough was like you sat down you got clear on where you wanted to be in 10 years um so w where does that passion come from like what what is that for you why 10 years why not two why not five like why 10 um and how can people it's a good it's a good question because we're so used to thinking forward mm. short term yeah next month because so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, some people when I was sit down with them for the first time they don't even know what the hell they're doing later today you know yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it like, like freaks them out and, and it's good it's a good exercise because it's meant to warp and distort your way of viewing your life because mm -hmm. if it was to just be normal you end up with normal results I love challenging perspectives yeah. mm -hmm. I love shattering people's norms I like like encouraging them to step into a different paradigm in the way that they view the world and say, like I want them to be tested at the core because that's how we create change. It can't yeah. be from the same space. Yeah. You know, and there's so many quotes out there that support that. What I see is that when you cast out 10 years ahead in time, now you can see how attached you are to for it to be a certain way. And then you realize where your perfectionism is coming in. Because yeah. most people are like, oh, 10 years, I can't. I'm mm. like, you can do it. Yeah. There's something that's in the way. What do you think it is? And I get, I get them to like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't know, what if... And I'm like, you're so freaking worried about getting it right yeah. that by default, you're already getting it wrong. Mm. You know? Right. So I'm like, get out of your freaking mind's way, your heart's way. Like, let your soul speak into what it is because that's the thing where it's like, if I could create anything and anything from where I am and if I really ask myself the question of what's blocking me and stopping me from realizing I'm already here very quickly you move into creation 
And this is that power versus force. Power mm. is creation. Force is destruction. Mm. Most people are creating visions, creating goals, creating businesses, yeah. creating online brands from destruction. Mm. It's coming from shame, guilt, fear, mm. you know, apathy. There's, there's pride. There's courage. Like at, at most, like on average, within human society, we're operating at 209 hertz in frequency which is up at around pride like that's the best we're doing on average right pretty scary stuff moving into a place of acceptance understanding forgiveness love joy enlightenment all those areas right it has to come from building the certainty within yourself first i've got a framework that i teach which is and i do it with all the coach i go hard on coaches like i love that we're bringing this up i'm the hardest on coaches (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah but i'm the hardest on coaches because i knew what it like where i was being an ass and where i was being so much in my significance and all the other bullshit on the on the you know on the rise Mm -hmm. as you call it up and coming you know my come up they grow up. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't know if we ever grow. I like, I like the grow. I like the grow. I don't know if we ever fully grow up, but we're working on it, right? But what I teach is we have three different stages within all of this to, to make it to a level of top level leadership, which is certainty is the first stage, right? Now, what I do find is when I work with a lot of people, I ask them, so what's life about, right? What do you want more than anything in life? If you could see yourself doing whatever it, whatever it would be, and you did whatever it took, what would it be that you create? Like, where would you stand? They, and they say, I want to save the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many times I heard that, that I want to save the world. And I go, cool. You're jumping from the first, you haven't even, you're at stage zero right now and you want to jump to stage three. You haven't even saved yourself. Uh, yeah. How are you going to save the world, yeah. right? So, so we go to that stage there first, which is certainty, Right. If I can increase the certainty within me, which is the self-awareness, which is the confidence, which is healthy self-esteem, which is forgiveness, which is working through my childhood wounds, Mm. which is no longer being, you know, uh, uh, in my pity party within my traumas, which is now I've acknowledged it, accepted it and let it go and had hard conversations. Honestly, that's the part there that everyone like you can force your way through it and start faking it to make it, which is what 90% of people Mm. in the game are doing right now. But that's going to come from a place of lack and scarcity. You can't possibly create something that's timeless, that has massive impact from lack and scarcity. It just doesn't work. Those frequencies don't, they're not the same. They're not the same. So if I'm coming from that place, trying to achieve the third stage of saving the world, which is actually impact. Yeah it's never going to be pure and it's not sustainable because my impact is now determined based off how much significance I can get in my impact. Yeah. Right. Cause you're still trying to get your needs met in the first stage by trying to complete yeah. the actions of a third stage person. That's why you see a lot of these people that they feel so guilty and shameful around what they do. So then they end up giving all that away and then yeah. they end up coming back because the frequency pulls them back to now I feel resentment because people don't appreciate me giving all my stuff away. And that's a misalignment as well. Yeah. Total misalignment. People do it in relationships. Yeah, I'm not meeting needs within myself. I'm scared. I have fear of abandonment. So I'll give everything to that person in a relationship. And then when I don't get appreciated for it, I resent them. But secretly, I actually resent myself. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I said, one of my favorite quotes, and I mean, it's relative-ish, is from, I think it's Maya Angelou. I don't even know whose it is. But she's like, never trust someone that says I love you that doesn't love themselves. And that Ooh, really hurt me when I heard it forever. Yeah. Like I was like, 
Trigger, were you in Trigger, Trigger Town? Trigger. On that one? <laughs> Trigger Town. Because I loved so hard. Or I loved it so hard, right? I, I love now. But it's like, and this was my journey of self-love. That's kind of been my whole piece over 10 years and owning my shit and dealing with the childhood trauma and everything. But it's it's that. It's like, and it's what you just said. It's like you, if you're resenting elsewhere, you, re, you resent yourself. If, you, if you're... Yeah hating and judging elsewhere you're hating and judging within yourself so i'm like everyone needs to listen to this podcast share this because it's that piece right Mm -hmm. there even if they don't want to whatever make make go on to stage three (laughs) if they want to stay in stage one and still live a beautiful successful happy thriving life if they can just deal with that level one yeah. What a fucking powerful way to have explained it just then. Yeah. What's well, level two? Well, this, uh, yeah, yeah, this is, well, this is it. What were we going to say? I was going to say, people who say they want to change the world, you're often quite virtuous, but like a lot of the time, like what makes them think they've even got the capacity to do it right now where they are, right? You need to go off and you need to develop some skills and do some things like you're saying as well to actually become that person who can do it. And this is where I think a lot of people fall out of whack, right? They, 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 like you say, they want to be at stage three right now without mm. actually going through stage one and two. It's, and the truth is they can't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we have got a lot of shit coaches in the They world. won't stay there. No. no. It will get so exhausting because they, they, without even knowing it, they cheated their way to get there, but not with anybody else, just within themselves. themselves. And and you know it, like on a deep subconscious level and an energetic level, you know you're still carrying shame and guilt and everything else. And you're, you're trying to serve with high capacity and hold a bigger container of space mm. for people that really do require support. Yeah. And it feels really heavy. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't feel heavy because it, it gets to be light, but when you work through the stages in the right way. Hey, I jumped too. Yeah. I moved from like, I, I still, money was my motivation 11 years back. And I, you know, yeah, I was inspired to create a successful uh, movement and a self-development website and all these things. I still carry my traumas. And I had for the last six years uh, of what well, was actually the first six years of my journey. And then the last five were two different, very different brackets. The first six was, I was still the guy like, drunk and getting crazy and like <laughs> and like hooking up with lots of girls and then like talking I'm not, I'm not shit he's fully embracing his shadow side isn't he <laughs> he's, he's, I that's good Morgan is like the king of just like accidental personal development like. <laughs> yeah 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 I loved it okay. and, and so and so you know and this is great because it's reflecting back to me like cool I was coming from those yeah. places to get needs met in me because I couldn't yeah. meet it in myself. And then, then the last five years was more relationship journey. I spent from 2018 through to halfway through 2019 last year just working strictly on relationships. Yeah. And I know maybe you guys see me posting a little bit more about it. I do. Um, it, it's kind of like a thing that I've gravitated towards because I understand that relationships is everything. Mm. Yeah. You know, just relationship with money, relationship with business, mm. relationship with family, friends, intimate relationship, relationship with yourself, which is yeah. the most important relationship. And I realized was, I was looking for the needs to be met from the external instead of actually mm. meeting it within myself first. Yeah. And so I had half of certainty built through my business success, but I hadn't fully built certainty, certainty within my self-awareness because I still had healings mm. to do. I went and developed a completely new relationship with my dad. My dad used to bag self-development and everything. My dad came to 
my event in Bali last year and he was on stage and had breakthroughs and he freaking loves it and wants to come to every self-development oh, really? event. Awesome. Yeah, but I healed an aspect of our relationship that I never even knew was there. Yeah. Because my relationship coach asked me, if you were to if your dad was to die today, would you feel complete with your relationship with him? Mm. And I sat in that chair and my eyes started to well and I had the mm. biggest headache come over me and I started boiling my eyes out and I was like, I didn't even know that was there. I think a lot of men in particular would relate to that I, yeah. I remember I lost dad three years ago to cancer and I said to Morgan all the time what were we watching the other night and I said if only people understood that it time is king speech, king speech. <laughs> and I just said to Morgs like people don't understand that you know haven't healed a relationship or lost someone that they really love that that they hadn't built or healed a relationship with that that once it's gone, it's gone. Or yeah. once you don't heal it, it's not healed. And I remember even with my own beautiful dad, he was a ratbag, like douchebag um, that was absent. That was like, he's got his own, well, he's gone, but I'll tell his story one day. Mm. Um, but I remember choosing at 18 to have to go back and, and bridge the relationship and then build a brand new relationship with him. Yeah. And it was the best thing I ever did in my entire life because for 10 years, you know, you got sick, he was sick for two years. So for eight years, I just unabashedly built this like dream relationship and healed it. And we, we had, I always say in our 10 year relationship, we had more of a relationship and more love and more joy and more humor and more real, like honest conversations than most children and parents get to have in their entire life yeah. because of that chosen relationship that I healed. And yeah. you're that's, and yeah. that's what you're saying now, which I love. Yeah. It's one of those yeah. things. It's like, there's Congratulations. No, nothing, Thank you. Nothing, <laughs> nothing in this world is permanent or guaranteed. And at the end of the day, the only thing you really have are the relationships you create. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Once you're gone, people are going to remember you by the relationship that you held with them. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the most important thing as well. I think that's, and again, we're living in a digital age, right? Where social media is kind of the, the way people communicate these days. And, you know, the, the, if you look at some of the tension and the things that are going on online, mm. is because people have forgotten how to connect, yeah. how to have an authentic relationship because we're missing social cues, yeah. the nuances of me being able to look you in the eye yeah. and all those sorts of things as yeah. well. So, when, and people are always at each other's throats and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm interested in, to hear a bit more about the sort of work that you're doing in relationships. relationships with, with well, it, here, here's the thing, like to your point about what's happening in the world, I think the thing is there's been this huge distortion and people don't understand what is meaningful and fulfilling anymore or where the work is to do. That's why yeah. they keep trying to go ahead all the time and get the strategy after strategy yeah. thinking the answers are in there. Whether you like it or not, your tribe is still your family and mm. is still... Yeah. You know, the people you grew up with, like you, it's, it's like, we don't understand how much of an effect it actually had on us on a subconscious level. Yeah. When I, you know, perfect example, my dad, right? When I was born, brought into the world, the reason why I know the areas I could heal now and I did the healing and created an incredible relationship with my parents is because when I called my dad and said to him, dad, if you were to pass away today, I wouldn't feel complete in my relationship with you. He kind of was like, this was his answer. Oh, I think you're just overanalyzing everything. Oh, really? That was his first. Yeah, I know. That I know. was it's very it. presumptuous. <laughs> <laughs> Never assumed. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that you the second? Would have, been, yeah. would have been faced with the question of his own mortality as well. Mm. Well, yeah. this is the thing. Like he wasn't used to receiving that, you know. So 
that was his first response in deflection of the truth. And so mm. I said, dad, I'm serious about this. This is an important thing for me to have this call with you. I want you to really be present with what I'm saying. Mm. I don't feel like I would be complete in my connection with you if you would have passed away today. And then he stopped a bit and he goes, I agree. Mm. He said, you're right. And he said, I'm sorry. And I said, you don't, I didn't call for an apology. I said, yeah. I didn't need it. I said, I actually thought our relationship was fine, but for whatever reason, on an unconscious level, like I'm emotional about it. There's something there in my body. Yeah. And if I know there's something there, I don't want it to hold me back. It's like a rope holding down a hot balloon. You know, it's like, I don't want that. Mm. And so he said to me, he said, well, you know, the thing is from zero to four, I didn't know this, guys. Remember, oh, so as far like, on, no. as far back as I can yeah. remember, was like four years old or five yeah. years old, right? Yeah. Like Winnie the Pooh, Mickey Mouse Club, Ninja Turtles, Best like <laughs> or like Cheese TV, all these like you yeah. know these things I remember as Cheese a little little kid. Best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know all these things I remember as a little kid. I couldn't remember that. And so Dad said, when when you were born, your mom had postnatal depression, and he said she would like hold you like this with this anxious energy and stress, and wouldn't let me or anyone come near you he said she was snappy he said quite frankly she was a, a bitch yeah. you know acting like a bitch he said i couldn't be around it. it was overwhelming i didn't know how to handle it. i would often walk away and leave mm. and i'm like what so here i was from zero to four getting this imprint on me of anxious energy yeah. thinking that's relationships and that's mm. how relationships are and then i'm trying to find the love from my dad who's dismissive and walks away so what's my pattern yeah i start anxious. i date people where i'm anxious attachment Right. Like if that person steps back or doesn't respond for like 24 hours or does it or like whatever seems to threaten the relationship, fear of abandonment comes up. Yeah. Mm. Then I start wanting to control it. Not that I was like obsessively controlling. It yeah. was just like I could tell a bit of neediness was coming up in me and I hated it about myself. I was like, why am I acting like this? I felt like I was in this like unhealthy feminine. I wasn't being the masculine man that I can be in my potential. Mm. And so. There I am attracting dismissive, avoidant women in my life, trying to get love from them. They were scared of being engulfed in the relationship and they were withdrawing whenever it would get deep and intimate. Yeah. And here I am, when they would withdraw, I, it would trigger me and I would get anxious. Yeah. Mm. And then, yeah. so then I'd be like, oh, I don't like it. I'd step back because I'd work out after a while that wouldn't work. And then they would slowly come back in and then it would happen again, you know? And I'm like, this isn't working. Yeah. Once I realized that was the case and I healed the relationship with my father, I went back and the woman I was in relationship with at the time, I looked at her and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like I didn't lose I didn't lose physical attraction for her. She was still attractive, but I was but like, oh my God, I don't need anything from you anymore. Yeah. Like I actually was like, this is weird. I don't need anything. Yeah. yeah. And it was so weird for me to feel that because I realized that I was yeah. needing something from the external. We didn't end up working out because there's other things around like work that was required from both sides. And like I was going through my process and she wasn't wanting yeah. to. Mm -hmm. And then as a matter of fact, months later, she actually called me and said, thank you. She said, I, all the things that you were working through that you said like we could work through together. She goes, I just wasn't ready to hear it. Now I'm doing the work, yeah, right. which is great. And she's doing it and she's with someone else. That's awesome. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. it moved me so much back into my secure attachment because you have... Anxious attachment, fearful avoidant, dismissive avoidant, and secure attachment. And so, and my relationship coach, after you know months and months of work, moved back in and healed so much and worked through so many processes. Yeah. She's like, you're in secure attachment now. And I've attracted someone else into my space hey. that like... I have to go for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> she's in Spain, in Barcelona. Oh, so. Barcelona. A little bit tough right now with the COVID yeah. situation. Yeah. Borders are closed on both how's, sides. How's yeah. that working with... 
bro, this is the first time I've ever developed some form of relationship with somebody where it's just been over FaceTime. Like it's cool. weird. So purely like the, even before, no intimacy. Even before, so you weren't, you've never, you weren't physically with her prior to no. COVID. No. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's some next level karma sutra shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> what are they all training? Tantra. Yeah. <laughs> what are they training? The yeah. chief like, oh, that, that or it's just like connection through conversation. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Weird. Well, I'd like it to be that. <laughs> Call me old fashioned. But, but, <laughs> but, but even with her, she said the same thing. She's like, we've never done this. And I'm yeah. like, cool. Yeah. But, but the thing is, it's um, really interesting because it's almost like it's developed based off a foundation of friendship first, yeah. in a sense. In like a very interested, connected friendship, yeah. which from there is a really good foundation. I know, I know, you guys knew each other for, yeah, you know, like a time up. where you developed for quite a while first. Strong foundations because we don't have all Absolutely. the crazy ass chemicals of serotonin and dopamine and all yeah. that like rushing through our minds and like uncontrollable well, desires in our this body. This one of the things you know my grandparents told me they were married for sixty years, and they're only not now because granddad passed passed away. But I mean, in the end. My grandma did all the talking, but obviously yeah, in the beginning, um, what they had was a bond with mm. when the physical fades, the way you look and the things that make you attracted to each other, all you're left with is the other person and the ability to have a conversation. Because that's really Absolutely. the best I did ask there. the other day though, we saw this old like 80 year old couple, couple in the shops and I'm yeah. like, do you reckon you're going to want to root me when you're 80? Yeah. And you were like, I don't know. Does it even work? So we're curious. I thought I thought to myself the other day. I'm like, do seventy year old people like look at you other seventy jobs. year old people and think like, oh, she's hot? Do they I actually do that, or do, do seventy year old dudes like look at twenty five year old girls and, and still think, think they're or hot? Do, well, this is I need to someone needs to fact check this. Yeah, somebody needs to. Yeah, like STD rates in, in retirement no. homes are like through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> this is no, we do know this for a fact. I blame, I blame Viagra. I worked <laughs> with the guys. I worked with the guy in politics <laughs> whose father owned a retirement home or like a nursing home and he said how like the the nurses will catch the old like them rooting in rooting am i 12 because they're bonking (laughs) (laughs) having sexual relations um Anyway, I want to go back because I, I, I did love not have this. sexual relations yeah. with that woman. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, but I, I'm genuinely curious. Like, I, we, I was like, oh, honey, look at this old couple. Isn't it so sweet? Do you think you're going to want to have sex with me when we're like 90? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. Can it even work? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We're curious. We're very curious. But no, I've, I heard this quote the other day because on this whole four year, like you were four years old imprint. I love this quote and it's like, this is a whole other podcast, but um, it's Give me the boy at a at seven, and I'll show you the man. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. And, before and, and seven, woman. before seven, well, yeah. Zero the boy seven. before seven, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, give me the boy before he's seven. So uh, yeah, before so seven, yeah. I you, reinterpreted yeah, so that's it. Not, so that's that whole thing about you know the person you're seven. gonna become is largely determined. We know why, right? What's the imprint? It's like. No, Joel, tell us. We're going to like pull uh, yeah. shit out of our ass <laughs> and death yeah, so, and sound So from zero to seven, our brain's operating in theta state, which is That's essentially it. like your brain is a recorder Hypnosis. on... It's like a sponge. Yeah, it's recording yeah. everything. Yeah. And it has to because you've got no other reference points in your mind. Yeah. Beliefs, beliefs are created through reference points. Mm. And especially if you're learning it from someone that you've subordinated to. So if yeah. you've got someone where you've made them like an authority figure, a parent, a yeah. teacher... Uh, somebody just in an authoritative uh, state and you're like, that person knows so much more than me. Whenever you kind of discount your own basis of understanding and you put that person's mm. 
understanding or whatever it is, way of teaching education higher than yours, you're probably going to take it in as truth yeah. to some degree. Yeah. Now, we have reference points and I look at it like a web. It's like you got a reference point here, you got a reference point there, another one there, another one there. The more reference points you start to get about the same type of thing, the stronger the web gets. The harder, the harder for that belief to break because it's more interconnected, right? So that's why often when I, even with this re, uh, reprogramming of the unconscious that I've gone through with this psyche is that uh, you may have like, let's say you got two branches and then in between you got a web, like a spider web and it has maybe like five or six connected points to hold that web in place. Sometimes what we do is we go in and we, we have this emotional experience or we have like a thought that's more powerful than the emotion that's like, oh, and it overrides it. And it's like, oh, maybe that's the truth. Mm. So then it's, it plucks away at that one kind of web. Let's say, for example, smoking. Mm. If someone's smoking, like, I want to quit smoking. Cool. So you have a desire to quit. That's great. That's where we start, right? How would your life look, look like or how would it be if you were to quit smoking? Oh, I would look like I'm healthy and da, 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 da. Is that important to you? Why is it important? Well, it's important because... I want to be able to um, live a longer life to spend more time with my kids. Like all these meaningful things. Okay, cool. So we start to dissolve that there. But then there's four other or five other points yeah, where the web's connected. So it's still there. Mm. So then you look at, the, we call these secondary gains. There are other gains as to why that person's still doing what they do. They're getting a payoff from it. Yeah. They know what it's costing them. It's costing them their health. It's costing them smelly breath. It's yeah. costing them feeling shit about themselves. But they have other gains. I can't hang out with my mates anymore because when we hang out we, we smoke yeah now i'm going to be the outcast the other one is i'm so used to putting my yeah hand to my mouth like this it's like what am i going to do when i stop smoking so often sometimes what we do is we re replace it with something else instead have some water yeah. you want a healthy option right yeah. but well, but it's true that's what yeah. people do is they replace it sometimes with a almost just as mm. uh detrimental habit or something else so, so we work through these different secondary gains until it becomes so unsupported to the point where the belief has no legs to stand on and then it's, you have another yeah. thing in place. But that takes time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's habit-based too. So because remember your, your body is the unconscious, your unconscious is the body, it also responds to habits. So yeah. when it's constantly repeating a certain act, it overrides and starts to reprogram it. But habit, habit um, reformation or reprogramming takes like more than 66 days. They oh. say on average, I'd say 90 to make well, sure. Ooh, when I, quit, I, love when I quit smoking, I would make the, the deal inside my head, right, you're going to quit smoking. And then what would happen is like subconsciously, I'd forget that I'd already wanted to quit and I would, <laughs> but then I'd be smoking. Yeah. And it was like without even like really you... realizing that I was doing it, I was just going straight back to it. Just that habit was just like so habitual. It was just in a circle like, I couldn't break it. Until yeah. I just quit cold turkey. I was going to say, because like you that. always just say... never did it again. Yeah, you always say that. You're like, people that can't quit, I just quit cold turkey. Yeah, but that's like... I'm like that with certain things. Like, I'll make a decision and then once the decision's made, it just gets done. Like, it's... I think that's like, an... Well, you, you, yeah, well, your decision was probably tied to a heavy amount of painful realizations. If I continue to do this, this is, this is, this. So, it's it, yeah. it, you created a pain... That was almost unbearable in your mind to, to have to like still stay in that same place that you overrode it. And, and I think it's good that you know that about yourself yeah. is that you operate through pain. Yeah. The question is, is it ideal that you always want to be in pain yeah, to have to make not. change? Probably not. Probably not. Well, you try and move not. away from it. But it was more actually quitting smoking. I'm the same as you. You know what it was? It was more ego as it's someone who I actually respected, a peer, um, said I couldn't do it. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. 
Oh, I love right. this podcast, Joel, because right. I hear some yes. crazy shit yeah, that I've never heard. Stretch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sort of thing. Because he, he was super fit, all athletic, and all this sort of stuff. And he said, like, you can't. can't do it. He told me, he's like, I don't reckon you could quit. And I was like, I can quit. Oh, he told you you can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, you and, I, you and I are so similar because, yeah. like, I operate. I'll quit. I'll my quit. default is pain. Yeah. I, I know better, but at times, sometimes it happens. Yeah. Pain. And also, when people say, I bet you can't, can't do this, I just, oh, I'm a rebel. I'm a rebel heart, mate. I, like, I go in. I'm yeah. like, yeah. This I'll is this guy. Are you so? Are you stubborn? Are you really stubborn? I'm stubborn. Yeah, he's stubborn. so stubborn. Yeah. I think though as well for you, I, your value has always since I've known you. Even when like I was 17, you and however old you were, yeah. 18, 19, 20, 21, you have had this like deep seated value of integrity, and that's what I like about you. It's like if you and it's almost that loyalty too. But it's like I I think that there's that value. Is our Joel our values or can values be linked to? And eat like can values and your living even accidentally are not in alignment with them help expedite habit breaking or habit forming or creating new neuro pathways? Like, is there anything around? Great that? question. You know, if I simplify, there's more a lot around it. But if I simplify it, your values and beliefs mm. drive every decision that you make. Mm. Okay, your beliefs and your habits craft your identity mm. what i believe about myself to be true and how i consistently show up starts to shape who i believe i am yeah i believe success is a habit more of what you do mm. is more of who you become but it needs to be in the right direction yeah and that's why i love the vision piece because like okay here's a vision now let's go in on your beliefs and your values and your habits and aim them all towards your vision yeah and when you start seeing that working you're like oh my god i'm starting to live the life mm. that i actually desire you can't help but to go screw everything else that doesn't work for me and you go in yeah, and that's where that. I take my a lot of my students and clients when they're ready to go there it's like let's go as deep as we can into the trenches of your mind let's heal let's work through traumas let's reprogram to give yourself to set yourself up to win to give yourself the best chance to win and make sure you're staying in your alignment I never sacrifice yeah. my alignment well I read I was listening I listened to a podcast a day myself but I, like one quote of the day by Sean Crookston in the shower and there was one guy today, I should quote him, I don't know what, but it was like, you know how he, like, he, anyway, Sean plays snippets of like people's, other people's stuff. Um, and this one particular guy said, I will never, like, it was basically like that. Like, I, I have to live in so much alignment that even if the critic comes and even if the criticism comes and even if people don't understand, I won't ever do what's convenient, essentially, because if, to make you happy, if that pulls me out of my alignment, then I'm not winning. Like, mm. and I, I love that. I think on a super basic level, I think that's easy for us. We're like, yeah, but of course not. But for people that are listening, it's like they are still so crippled to maybe even admit that they want to create a 10-year vision because it's like, oh, someone will laugh at me or people won't understand or my current friendship group won't get it. It's like that's, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but my belief is like that fear of what people think and that criticism yeah. is what's holding most people back from even signing up say to with you as a coach to create that 10-year vision it's like oh what will my partner think or you know they're still stuck in whatever loop they're stuck in yeah so what would you say you don't have a 10-minute vision <laughs> some guys do start you can start there a, that could a be a good start. that's what that's turning that? the lamp on in the room but what would you say like and we can sort of like wrap it up from here but like because I no, feel let's like, keep going. Yeah, I know. But what would you all say? All Uber Eats will be here all night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna edit all this, so please. <laughs> True. The guy. 
Um, what would you say to people? Because I feel like everyone, there's so much that we've unpacked and I'm like, we could have gone and we will. We're going to get you back. Please. You got you got me on certainty. We haven't even moved to influence and impact yet. <laughs> oh, this is what I was saying. What was that? So certainty, influence, impact. Oh, that's we're, right. We're, yeah. we're on level one. Uh, well, the, what would you say for people? Yeah. They're stuck there though, but that is true. Like people are dealing with all their trauma and, and trying to jump from one to three and they're trying to live this louder, better, brighter, bolder life, but they're so stuck in fear of what others will think and say. How do you coach someone out of that? Like where do you start with that? Well, the, this is the thing, right? What you're referring to before is majority of it is fear of rejection. Mm. If I put myself out there and it's not to the liking of my friends or, and we only really care for the most part, mostly about the people closest to us mm. because we hang yeah. so much up on what they say. Yeah. So I put that out. They, they reject it. What does that mean about me? Yeah. That means I'm not good enough. And if you look from a primitive standpoint of how our brain mm. is designed, even through like the way that we have you know, carried on through generation to generation, if you trace it all the way back to caveman days, let's mm -hmm. call it. If I'm not good enough, right? In my experience with my tribe, and they're like, he's not good enough. Cast what out. happens is I get casted out. If I get casted out, guess what? I'm not loved. If I'm not loved, I won't be fed and provided for. If I don't eat, I I'll die. Yeah. And that's what, from like layer to layer to layer to layer, as you peel it back, it's like, that's really what we're scared of. Mm -hmm which is total BS now in this day and age, yeah. we won't die, you know? So this is big. Yeah. And so, so like I call bullshit on that all the time. It's just yeah. like, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. So then I write it down. What's the worst can happen? Okay. And what's worse than that? It's 2020. Just, just and pull it back and, just, and then look at it and just be like, okay, so that's not really that bad at all. Okay. Yeah. What am I getting from it? Okay. So we're going to be careful. It's 2020 saying what's the worst that can, that can happen. Kanye West says he's running for president. That oh, could be the, that oh. could be something else. But do you know what that is? It, it, I reckon. Sorry, I'm just going to come back there. Hijack. Let's go there. Just for, like no, politics, political agendas. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's really pretty simple. It's just he's just doing it to take we think. voters away from Biden. Young voters who would never vote for Trump, just take them away from Biden. Two party prefer like yeah we were talking. Well about yeah 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 but the thing yeah Biden I mean that's another thing in itself right? yeah yeah. He's a... We could go there. <laughs> I, I just like watching his clips. I, my, question, my question is, does the guy even know that... He's not... He's not like, he's does, do, you think, no do you think he legit like knows how much of a screw up he actually is? Or do you think he actually thinks he could win this? I don't... I think he... Nothing will shock me coming out of this. Yeah. Place. I won't be shocked. Yeah, 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 yeah. That place is a circus right now. Yeah. Oh but like... It's have insane. you seen his clips where he'll start just talking and he just like tapers off and just like fades out? Um, yeah. Uh, what was the one he yeah. said? So I, I can't watch it. I, like, Morg showed me one. He was like, he cries with laughter. Uh, and he's like, look at this. He said, he said, it was so bad. He said, uh, young, young, poor kids deserve the same opportunity as white kids. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he said. I could have been, I was like, that's a screw up. And then like, if you vote, if you vote for Trump, you don't vote for me. Uh, you ain't black. It's like, dude, like how many more times? I, I bet his his political team must be out there smoking cigarettes every time he's doing press conferences yeah. because like oh, no they'd have to be sorry, they'd be politics. stressing hardcore Trump's, every Trump, time he goes Trump's on stand. New campaign logo, have you seen that? No, no. What is it? Basically, it's pretty bad. It's a direct. He, he's savage. Trump's yeah. savage. Well, I don't, I, no, I but think, it's, the, it's a copy basically of the. Iron I don't Man think they the knew Nazis. that though. The, um, 
Yeah, but eagle, dude, this the is eagle with a globe holding the. But you got to remember this too, man. Like we cognitive bias is that we could often just go searching for things that we and think you that it is. You always say to me, like, what do you say? You say it all the time. You're like, um, oh, I'll say something. And you're like, no, baby, that is like, that not it's fallacy. Logical fallacy. Logi- logical fallacy. That is a logical fallacy. What do you mean? No, it's not. We, d- yeah. It looks just like the Iron Eagle. I'm, I'm gonna be straight up <laughs> honest with you, man. Like, I'm not in America. I don't need to vote. Yep. Yeah. I don't agree with extreme leftist nah, agenda. Yeah. I straight up don't agree with it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also not down with globalists and elitists and yeah. the whole nah, new world order. Yeah. Like nah. it's pure evil. And Trump publicly has said in conferences and on record that he's attempting to take down the deep state, which I'm yeah. a big fan of because totally. that, that's corrupt as hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't agree with everything a lot of other things he says I think like when I see some of his stuff sometimes I'm like oh my god he needs like someone to filter his stuff yeah, his correct. press secretary you can tell his press goes, secretary can, is amazing you can tell when he goes off yeah goes you can off, you can like, he starts like holding grip of like how he wants to say it and like that's you know he's not a career I, I, politician so that's how it's going to be yeah. for, for the most part well for everybody I know everybody I've watched you knows him personally says he is an off the cuff shoot from the hip type of guy like Shaquille O'Neal said Donald Trump's not the sort of person to come up and be like oh you know your shirt's untucked you shouldn't tuck your shirt and he's like hey tuck your fucking shirt in yeah yeah, yeah. straight up yeah, yeah. He's, he's straight and, and that's gonna it's gonna intimidate a, a lot of people yeah. yeah exactly as well. but but to bring it back to the the frame of the certainty the influence yeah you can't have true influence in this world without building certainty within yourself first but from power, not from force. Yeah. Mm. Lower brackets, which I mentioned before. You want to operate from power. The way you do that is to heal your wounds, mm. right? The wounds of I'm not good enough and all this other stuff. And you're probably going to ask why. It's like, it's like no, how, how to do it. Is, yeah. is, that's in another story or uh, you know another episode all in itself. Yeah, let's do it. Also, I do a lot with the body, with muscle testing and everything else around it. And it's a process. Um, the longer process is through habit change. It's going and referencing new belief points can, over and over again, feeding your mind with new examples. It's also understanding the payoffs that you've been getting from holding that belief. Because we always do, we, we don't just do something for no reason. We're doing it because we're getting something from it. Yeah. Right? It's easy for you. If I was to say, you know, your, your limiting belief of I'm not good enough. Uh, what's it costing you? And you could write a long list. Both of you, I can write a massive long list, millions of things. If I was to say, what are you getting from it? What's the payoff or the secondary gain? You'd be like, oh, our brains aren't used to thinking like that. Yeah. That's where the program's coming from. Yeah. So if I can understand why I'm doing what I do in a sense of I'm getting this from it, now I can start challenging this. Yeah. Like, oh, if I go and launch the business and my, my you know friend Sally doesn't like it, well, okay. Why wouldn't Sally like it? Because Sally doesn't like fucking anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sally's Karen. an angry Karen. <laughs> yeah. Poor Karen. Karen yeah. So, so Sally, and it's like, well, maybe Sally doesn't believe in herself and yeah. she's trying to keep me down to yeah. feel better and so she's scared of me oh, rising so up. and doesn't. Most people. most people, yeah. So then if I'm like, well, is that worth me sacrificing my dreams in mm. order to keep Sally happy? when maybe she's got her stuff to work on. You know what I mean? So now I've challenged it and gone, okay, I'm looking at it from a very different perspective now yeah. than just reacting of, I'm not good enough. Oh my God, I'm getting the feeling in my body again. I'm going to stay still. I'm scared. I'm in fear. Now the physical process it takes, this different me in person is uh, a test for it through the body. Yeah. We do muscle testing. 
like kinesiology. Yeah. And it tells me what's strong and weak within the body around subconscious beliefs. Yeah, right. And we create statements to program the subconscious. And within that, we have, uh, we have like eight different balances. And the balancing techniques are like putting your body in different postures to create whole brain states to relax the um, corpus callosum, the muscle in the middle, to start creating communication between the left and the right hemisphere. If I have an experience where I feel this heavy emotion and stress and feeling like I'm not good enough, guess where the I'm not good enough starts to anchor from? The right side of the brain, which is the emotional, the creative, the, you know? And so if it's trapped in the right side and I I, I over-identify in the right side of my brain, that's where it's gonna come from. And so all I'm feeling is that in the body and that's how I'm reacting now to every time I feel like I'm not good enough. Now, if I create a whole whole brain state and bring them both in to work with each other, we've got enough brain power now from the logic and the emotional to be able to make sense of what's happening with a new statement we reprogram back into it to override that old belief. Yeah. Then when I go and retest it again, it's strong yeah. to that new statement. So that's essentially in a nutshell how it works. And what's really cool about the subconscious is your conscious mind operates at 40 bits per second yeah. your subconscious works at 40 million bits per second yeah. so it's like a like a super bullet speed train compared to a little push cart on a track yeah. and we're operating from the push cart on the track so often and letting the speed bullet train operate in a program that we never well we did choose it but we don't know that we chose that yeah. shitty program from when we were like five years old so i'm walking around a 33 year old grown man's body trying to make business decisions with a five-year-old running my fucking business like, <laughs> do you know he what i mean cool decisions but about yeah. colors and juices my logo looks cool like you know stuff like that but it's like what about real business or what about like real grown man stuff that needs to be made you know and it go and it's the same for women too it's the same thing it's like you know for everyone you know anyone making like relationship decisions often in relationships when the inner child comes out you see it you see the screaming at each other yeah. and acting like oh, this is unfair and you did this yeah. in blame and shame and guilt and reaction and that's why i love this whole concept of responsibility i know jordan peterson talks about yeah. in 12 rules for life yeah. someone asked me yesterday that couldn't do the belief change process with me because they weren't there in person with me mm-hmm. And they have, I'm going to be doing this at my workshops and events and everything. Yeah. It's going to be such a game changer. We're getting QEG, uh, brain map monitors and everything oh, to show yeah. the change happening in the brain and everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, investing in all this. Stuff. It's going to be so game uh, <laughs> But But they asked me, okay, cool. If I, if I don't go through that process, what could you tell me about this whole um, unconscious or subconscious belief change? Like how can I start just doing things in my life that will support me in more change on a subconscious level? And, you know, I read a book a little while back by a guy by the name of Anders Ericsson. The book's called Peak. He's worked with some of the highest profile performers in the world, like extreme athletes and high achievers and big Fortune 500 founders of companies that are crushing, that like have to make split decisions and, and so on. Yeah. And what he realized, it was like one of the biggest takeaways from the book. What he realized was what separated the super successful from even just the successful everyday people is their ability to adapt. That was the number one trait and behavior was their ability to adapt on, on a whim, just boom, yeah. get into and it, And in right? all ways, like... In so many ways in our life. Like, I don't know if you could yeah. measure it in, in every single category, but in the, in the major categories yeah. within their field. 
And so I looked at that, I thought to myself like, wow, but what does it take in order to be able to adapt? It takes massive responsibility because you're owning everything that's happening. You're no longer victim to your environment. Mm -hmm. You're no longer victim to what that other person said or did. You've taken full and extreme ownership in who you are and how you respond, Mm -hmm. not react, but respond to the situation. The word responsibility, if you hear the word respond, Mm -hmm. that comes from the word responsibility, how I respond and I choose my response. Reaction is more like, yeah, that person did it. The environment did this or that. The the GFC hit, Corona this or that. We talked about it before. It's like yeah. we've had our biggest months because yeah. we weren't reacting to Corona. Yeah. We're responding and we yeah. weren't buying into the bullshit fear. We yeah. took our power back and went, wait a minute, I get to play this. The thing is, the money didn't go. No, it no. just moved money to went. different spots, yeah. and yeah. and you got to well, find out where those spots are. It's freaking playing chess and checkers here, lot, you know. A lot of it went to Zoom. A lot of <laughs> <laughs> it did too. <laughs> um, no, true. and we we did say that before. Like, should have bought shares in that. Morgan told me. To. <laughs> I told her at the time. I said this, this. It's moving, but you know what happened? There's another company that has a very similar stock code. Yeah, it's called something else, and it's like a, like their share price. They don't they don't do anything like what Zoom does. I know. Accidentally bought their shares. Yeah. <laughs> people, people were buying it because they thought it was Zoom. They thought oh, it was that's great. Zoom. That's so great. good for them. Yeah. But I would say just on that then, and I um, this is it. Uh, to me, I hear that and I get excited because I'm like, so adaptability, you can learn that and responsibility, you can take. Yeah. They are two things yeah, that are, compl- yeah. I mean, everything's learned. I think responsibility is learned too. But I would say that in 2020, you have a real chance, I think more than ever as a coach, as a speaker, as an individual, as a parent, as a wife, as a husband to yep. move the needle forward in your life because a lot of people aren't doing those two things. They are yep. not adapting and they are not taking responsibility. So I feel like I, I hadn't heard that before and I love that because I'm like, I do see, I, I see personally myself a lot of, I mean, we were talking about off um, off the mic saying how we're like, oh, how are you going? How are you going? And Morgan and I had said to Joel, we we're like, or said to you, um, how I, we had opted out at the start of the, we just were like, we are not playing in this pandemic. Like we're here to yeah. make more money. Unsubscribe from the we bullshit. <laughs> and we plugged it. Like we were like, yeah. let's go. And we did. And I we've had it. amazing success and, we're, and we own it. We're proud of it. Like, but it well, is take, it was, we adapted. Yeah. You moved into creation. That's and what you guys ultimately did. You created. You're yeah. like, we're going to create now. No cool. No, but yeah. I feel like everything we've just like learned and talked about and is everything I'm like that but I think for the listener let's go here let's do this because there's so much in that and we're so having you back even if it has to be recorded if you if you we could I'll, if I'll you come back again for sure I'll come back um but we can talk influence we'll make sure yeah, that we'll they, like they implement the certainty first yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 well let's so that's it right there so what's the one thing that listeners can do having listened to all of this now so inspired but like oh my god I just I want to make a change I want to go First, I would look Joel Brown up. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, where where do you actually play the most? We'll put all your socials in. We put all your socials. But you yeah, it's Instagram for I sure. Like Instagram. Yeah, D- DM me on Instagram. I respond to my DMs. Slide into. I haven't got bots and all that other stuff happening. Yeah. I, I respond. Yeah. I'm a real person. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm my, Joel Brown. <laughs> so I am what Joel is Brown? your? I am Joel Brown. I am Joel Brown. Yeah, you got it. Um, but what's like the actionable thing they can like stop this podcast and go and do immediately? Like, what's the one thing? Yeah, we we touched on it before. You know, really drawing out, okay, mm. what is the limiting belief? And and the limiting belief is what's the, the common uh, story that I tell myself, the bullshit story. So you know, I'm like not the, good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the concern, worthy. the critique. What's the thing that every time you go to level up, it's like, oh, that thing comes up. If it was a, if it was a statement, what is it? Mm. You know, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm not loved. 
failure and mistakes are bad. I don't have enough, like whatever it may be, write it down, right? Mm -hmm. Then draw one, two, three, three more columns mm -hmm. to the right of that. At the top of the first one, write payoff. Mm -hmm. The second one, write costs. And the third one, change, right? Identify very quickly, you'll be able to do it. What's it costing you? If I keep living in the story of I'm not good enough, what's it costing me? Well, it's costing me acting on my dreams and putting my business out. It's costing me uh, not approaching that guy or that girl that I'm attracted to. Uh, it's, it's costing me creating really shitty content because I'm trying to play the game like everybody else because I don't think that what I do is good enough so I just play the stupid game, okay, right? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right and 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 you know then we move to the payoff like what's the actual payoff that you're getting from it if i stay where i am today and keep telling myself i'm not good enough every time i say that am i what am i saying it for am i saying it because it means that i feel safe that okay, so uh, yeah. that i i save money and i don't put money down in the business because there could be a risk but I, I play it safe we get them to really think about why they're doing what they're doing most people don't don't really like go into what's the payoff they're getting from it. So once you've identified that, you want to challenge the payoff. That's the change. So if I was scared because I thought my my friend would judge me, mm. the change that you create in the third column where it's change is I'm going to go have a conversation with my friend and tell my friend, hey, this sounds pretty like, and some people it's maybe super vulnerable, but like, hey, it sounds kind of crazy, but I'm going to be honest with you. Every time I go to level up, I, I start to get this fear that if I do that, that I'm going to start becoming successful and I feel like I'm, I'm scared or I'm fearful that you and I might not hang out as much. And I know that it's like, an, a, I would call it a hallucination. It's a hallucination that I keep coming up I with. I just want to know like, like, what are your thoughts around this? And it's not even expecting them to say anything. It's just like the fact that you've shared it, you've acknowledged it, that it's there. That when you identify serious. that it's there, that you've acknowledged that it's there, you've accepted it, now you have the power to grab it and let it go. Yeah. Right? Well, I think that is, to go back to what you said, I think that is taking responsibility for the... It's all responsibility. Yeah, yeah for the right. thing that you... The the limiting belief. It's it's like, okay, I've owned yeah. it. Yeah. I've yeah. identified it. I've yeah. you know written all the things. And then I'm going to... I'm just thinking because I'm like, oh my God, I know mine. I know my limiting belief. I've always had it. So I'm like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. What's what, yours? What is yours? Mine is I can be good, but I can't be great. Okay. So okay. mine is always like, I'm good. So you're playing it like 50%. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's mine. And I know it. Like I'm like, and then I bust through it, but I go back to, I can be good, but not great. I can have success, but not too much. I can be yeah. in the limelight, which I, but not all the time. I, it's always that, that's mine. But yep. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it. I will do the exercise 100 today. The well, fact, the fact that you're willing to be vulnerable. Hmm? Just what other people think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so a fear of rejection. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I suppose ultimately, yeah. So, the fact that you're vulnerable enough to say that, that's great. That's already an amazing start. Like, and that's the thing we've got to get really real with it and go, what would it be if I was vulnerable and mm. in my full truth? And you did. You went there, and it's like it makes it easier now to to approach the payoffs and create yeah. the change because you're already willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. Right? You must be willing right. to be vulnerable for change. Yeah. And with you, the fear of rejection, I think that you're pretty confident. My experience of you is confident and like, you know, you crack jokes and you, you know, like you, you, you kind of, you, I, I got the vibe for the longest time. You don't really give too much of a shit about what people think. Yeah. We all have subtle levels of things too, right? Yeah. Like 
I've done pretty well in my life and worked through a lot of the I'm not good enough. It's still kind of a little bit yeah. of it kind of shows up at time, rears yeah. its little head here and there, you know. It doesn't fully go away. It still has some form of a presence. It's just that the charge around it doesn't have the same kind of high energetic charge. It, it, it diffuses the charge. So it's, it's not dim. crippling. Exactly. So yours, yours may be... Yeah. Your, yours yeah. may be kind of a dim underneath it yeah. a bit, which like... I think it's always still, still kind of there. You carry stuff mm-hmm. from childhood, from parents, from friends, yeah, and yeah, families, yeah. and yep. teachers. And you you want to you you turn the lamps down on these yeah, things yeah. and light <laughs> the lamps up that you, you actually want lit, right? <laughs> yours though with other people is that you don't care. You give zero fucks about what other people not really close to your life strangers on the internet yeah thing. you like, care what like your clo- your inner circle yeah people who yeah. i hold in highest thing it's yeah. natural because you you hold a value in it and you don't want to lose that value yeah that's, that's just mm. human nature um okay i don't i'm not in your body so i don't know mm. but on a percentage of zero to 100 what would you say you're operating at when it comes to fear of rejection like overcoming that fear of rejection or even like feeling like you don't, you're not too worried about people rejecting you. What on a scale of zero to a hundred percent, what, what percentage you are you on? saying like on a scale of say zero to 100%, how much is it impacting me? Like that, that fear of rejection or yeah, yeah, yeah. I that question. Well, I would say you could say it that way. I was going to say, how confident are you in not worrying about people rejecting you on a zero to a hundred? Mm-hmm. What percentage? 85%. 85 cool yeah. so you got a yeah. 15 yeah and and to you because you've been also doing a lot of the work over the yeah. years both of you have mm-hmm. i know that like you've been speaking for quite a while putting yourself out there building mm-hmm. working yourself 85 percent to you now might not be okay yeah. so you're like oh, i want to do a bit more work yeah. mm-hmm. someone maybe at like 20 percent, they're like oh my god i got so much work to do right <laughs> the the thing that i say because i believe our words become our worlds right so yes. like just like I really am. safe not safeguarding but like being conscious and aware of what comes up we have our reactions with our own mind, unless it's trained over time, but we have typically multiple reactions a day within our mind. But the second thing that happens is that then it leaves our mouth and we get to choose in between the reaction that comes up in our own instinctual behavior to what we actually say. Yeah, You're almost reinforcing by the words that you're using because you've gone through two gates by then. If it comes yeah. up in your mind and you're catching it, cool. But then you change, change yeah. translate it and change and use different words for it. What I often do is I, I often say, I get to do this. I don't mm-hmm. say I have to, I should. Even when it's really tough, like I get to have this tough conversation. Yeah. Or I get to do my taxes. Yeah. Not I say fun. All the time. But, yeah. but, but like this changes the, your relationship with what you do. And that allowed me to move to a place of stronger responsibility. And, and when I look, whenever I do myself work, inner work, I look at it and go, Oh, I'm noticing that the good enough's not good enough is still kind of there with these certain things. Mm. Most areas I feel like I've been doing a lot of work around. There's like a couple other little areas where I'm like, okay, this here, like my money, you know, it's like to me, my cap on my money may be very big to somebody else and vice versa. Maybe you guys are similar. I'm like, but I still get to do a bit more work around. Yeah, mm. always. And I come with that enthusiasm of I get to do it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Awesome. I always say that though, you're, and it's so true. What did you say? How did you say it though? Your words become your worlds. Yep. I just say, mum, and I was brought up with this, but you speak life into being. Absolutely. So it's like, I I mean, I remember growing up as a child, it was like, we weren't allowed to say, because I'm one of five kids. So you'd be like, you're an idiot. Like, you're <laughs> like, Rah! But yeah, mum yeah. would be like, take your words back. So we'd have to like rebuke. So we'd have to go, I take it back. Like we'd have to say aloud, I take that back. Uh, and then we had to speak something else into existence. Wow. So we had to say, no, you're smart. 
Your mom's, like, uh, your mom's cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, Mark, J-Mac was phenomenal. But she, yeah, and so that's, I've always said that. Like, but I love how you said it. Your words become your worlds. Because I'm always like, you speak everything into being. That's why I'm like, I'm yeah, smart. I am amazing. I am confident. Like, because I, I am. But that's where yeah. then I'm not, that is a deep, like I've done the work. Like I don't sit there, my, my kinesiology, like I love that muscle testing and it goes back to that yeah. whole, it's like, if you really don't believe that, then that muscle weakness is there, which I love, Yeah. but yeah. I don't love it, but I'm just saying, I love that analogy of like, we can't just speak it into being. There's all of that other stuff that goes on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like even with you understanding that you're, what you speak into existence is what turns up in your reality right mm-hmm. in that sense because you know that and you're also watching what you say mm. you're also training your subconscious mind at the same time hey i'm the freaking master here mm. like you don't get to just run it because you know we say things sometimes i'm like oh my god where did that come from or you react it's like oh it, yeah. it came from your subconscious programs you yeah. know 90 percent to 95 percent of our thoughts are the same as the day before we only think five to ten percent new thoughts I was speaking with Bruce Lipton. I don't know mm-hmm. if you heard of Bruce Lipton. He yeah. wrote the book Biology of Belief, The Hunger yeah. Effect. And he said to me, Joel, he said, your reality, whether you like it or not, is a direct printout of your subconscious programs. Which means that you understanding that means you've got to take full ownership. And responsibility. Us sitting here today at this table with your podcast set up, with your dog under the table, yeah. <laughs> snoring <laughs> away at little Zeus. Yeah. 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 And, and like me being here, all of this is what we co-created. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like this whole experience, you living here in the Gold Coast and not yeah. still living in Perth. Like, all of that was a subconscious printout of which became your reality. And, and see how you guys are in this together you also have a massive effect on each other. That's the yeah. influence piece too, which is part of it is that you influence each other. Yeah. So knowing that and that certainty also increases influence, you want to be in a place where you're both responsible for your own building of your own yeah. certainty within your own life, right? Yeah. So, you know, like a lot of people say power couples. I see a lot of people that like are trying to appear as a power yeah. couple, but they're not doing the work on building certainty yeah. to be yeah. powerful within itself. Yeah. They're forceful couples. That's what they are. They're well, forcing it along the way. It's interesting because we did I it. They want that level of power couple to sell you some significance. shit. Significance. Yeah, and significance more than anything. But, but like, you know, right? You know when someone walks into a room and they have this purity of certainty within them, it's like yeah. they have this conviction. They stand 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Mm. And it's almost like this command in the room. Mm. The most certain person in the room has influence. They I'm sell wind. to everybody else. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Totally. So that's where we get to move next in our next conversation. It's like, just really drop in and check in with yourself. You're listening to this or watching this right mm-hmm. now and, and do the work that we mentioned today. We talked about the working through your concerns and your limiting mm-hmm. stories and, and the payoffs and the costs and the change. You, you can still go out there and influence. It's just way more uh, powerful when you come from a place where you're healed, where you're whole, where mm-hmm. you're completing yourself or somewhat complete because they're all still doing the work. Developing it from a place of certainty, sales becomes easier. Enrolling people in your vision becomes mm-hmm. a hell of a lot easier. Like it just becomes so natural and flow. And it's like when you're saying before, writing something, mm-hmm. you know, like me writing my book, I'm not wanting to come from force. Force mm-hmm. is I need yeah. to write this book to because. be a big deal, to be yeah. significant, to get status, to be the New York Times bestseller. I didn't give a shit about that title. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like... That's that's a place that you can come from in order to be able to try and get influence. I'm not trying to do anything. I just am doing these things because yeah. it's part of what I get to do in my journey. Yeah. And and that's the place you get to operate from where you're doing the work. 
yeah, yeah which is beautiful yeah. and let's leave yeah. it there yeah for sure well thanks man I'm so glad that uh, yeah we could go on all day I know oh, I know that yeah. just up tomorrow <laughs> well that's, that's 90 minutes yeah yeah, yeah solid it goes so fast but thank you so much Joel we love you like I said I've watched the rise of you for well I don't even know how long I was in your 10 and it's been magnificent <laughs> it's been magnetic and what I love about you is that it's you embody your message always. You're not a coach for me that tells people what to do. I feel like you've always, always lived lived the message and then can show others the way. So thank you thank for showing you. people the way today. Thanks a yeah, million. If you, if you want to connect with Joel, um, check the show notes. Uh, we'll have all the links to his webpage and socials and all that sort of stuff. Slide into his DMs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, we both hope you got something out of it that you can use to challenge your own status quo. And if you liked what you heard, it would mean so much to us if you shared this episode on your socials to help us get our podcast out in the world. Don't forget to tag us as well so we can thank you personally. And if you're loving the conversations, leaving a review on iTunes, simply by going to the podcast, scrolling down and clicking leave review will help even more people find us too. And we would be so grateful. And until the next episode, we will always be cheering on your success.